What makes a woman truly iconic? Breaking barriers and shattering glass ceilings? Overcoming incredible obstacles? Defying standards and expectations? Some women are dangerous and even downright deadly. This is the Iconic Women Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah. Each episode, I'm here to share another woman's incredible story. Let's dive in. Today's iconic woman is none other than the late, great Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth was the second woman to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court and the first Jewish woman to do so. Her major accomplishments in fighting for women's rights and equality in American society are astonishing. But what makes her truly iconic and what she's best known for are her forceful and notorious dissents during her time on the Supreme Court. Ruth was born in 1933 in New York City. Her father was a Jewish immigrant from Ukraine and her mother was born in New York to parents who came to the U.S. from Poland. Ruth grew up attending a conservative synagogue and camped and eventually became a counselor at a Jewish summer camp program. This background information is all significant because not only is Ruth one of only four women who have served on the U.S. Supreme Court ever, but there have only been eight Jewish justices, and only two of them were women, Ruth being the first. In addition, her family's background as related to immigration is also significant because it helped shape Ruth into the person and the Supreme Court justice who we all knew her to be. Ruth went on to study at Cornell University to obtain her BA in government and she was the highest ranking female student in her graduating class. Then she went on about 12 years later to enroll at Harvard Law School where she was only one of nine women in her class. The Dean of Harvard Law literally questioned why she and the other eight female students were enrolled, making the claim that they were taking spots from qualified men. Ruth later transferred to Columbia Law School and became the first woman to be on two major law reviews, Harvard and Columbia. In 1959, she earned her law degree at Columbia and tied for the top of her class. But despite her excellence in academics, she actually struggled to get her legal career started, professionally. In 1960, Supreme Court Justice Felix Frankfurter rejected Ruth for a clerkship position because she was a woman. With the help of her former professors, making strong and aggressive recommendations, she eventually did take on a clerkship position for the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. From there, Ruth made a lot of contributions as a research associate and then associate director at Columbia Law School. She learned Swedish, conducted extensive research, and wrote. Her time researching at Lund University in Sweden heavily influenced her perspective on gender equality. She was inspired by their progressive matriculation of female law students and their policies supporting female judges' careers, even while pregnant. Ruth then became a professor at Rutgers in 1963, where she was informed she would be paid less than her male colleagues and was only one of fewer than 20 female law professors in the United States. 
1970, she co-founded the Women's Rights Law Reporter, the first law journal in the U.S. to focus exclusively on women's rights. She became the first tenured woman teaching at Columbia Law School in the 70s and continued her writing and research studying sex discrimination. She also co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union, or ACLU, which participated in more than 300 gender discrimination cases just in its first two years. Ruth was part of the project's general counsel and argued six gender discrimination cases before the Supreme Court between 1973 and 1976. And she won five out of six of those cases. Ruth had a strategy to impact gender discrimination. Instead of asking the court to overturn it all at once, she took aim at specific statutes and built on each successive victory. She chose her plaintiffs carefully, at times picking male plaintiffs to demonstrate that gender discrimination is harmful for both men and women. Her strategic advocacy also included changing the general acceptance of using the word sex to instead use the word gender. She believed that the word sex was distracting for male judges. Legal scholars and advocates credit Ruth's body of work through the 70s as making significant legal advances for women under the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. Altogether, her victories discouraged legislatures from treating women and men differently under the law. She continued to work on the ACLU's Women's Rights Project until her appointment to the federal bench in 1980. During her time as a judge on the D.C. Circuit, Ruth regularly found consensus with her colleagues, including conservatives Robert H. Bork and Antonin Scalia, which branded her reputation as a cautious jurist and a moderate. She continued to serve on the circuit until she was elevated to the U.S. Supreme Court in 1993. Nominated by Bill Clinton, she was the first Jewish justice since Abe Fortas's 1969 resignation and the second ever female Supreme Court justice. She eventually became the longest serving Jewish justice. Part of the reason she was nominated was to increase diversity on the Supreme Court, and part of the reason was because of her reputation as a moderate and a consensus builder, which is kind of funny and beautiful since her future descents became truly iconic. Ruth fought for women's rights, the LGBT community, undocumented people and disabled people, as well as advocated to expand voting rights. She's iconic for creating a strategic career bringing massive change to US culture and society with regard to gender equality. Although she contributed to an astonishing number of relevant cases and statutes that help form the gender equality movement today, and the general state of things, here's a quick list of just some of the most notable laws that Ruth helped create or pass. First, employers cannot discriminate against employees based on gender or reproductive choices. State-funded schools must admit women. Women have the right to financial independence and equal benefits. And that includes things like applying for bank accounts, credit cards, and mortgages without having to have a male co-signer. Men are entitled to the same caregiving and social security rights as women. 
and juries must include women. Ruth told USA Today in 2009, women belong in all places where decisions are being made. Now she's iconic. Can't get enough? Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash iconic women podcast. If you love this podcast, make sure you subscribe and don't forget to leave a review. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.